And today we talk about this, uh, I am the good shepherd. And it's no wonder that Jesus chose that metaphor to explain who he was and what he was about to the people. He understood that they were very well acquainted with sheep. That was a fairly strong point of their diet. Uh, uh, There was a lot of uh, jobs involved in herding sheep. And so they understood what he was talking about when he used this example. He didn't make it up. It appeared uh, a long time before that. For example, in Isaiah, Isaiah says, God tends his flock like a shepherd. He carries the lamb. I I want you to see something. See see this little lamb on the altar table here? Some of you in the back may have trouble. I borrowed that from Linda's collection of some 18 or 20 lambs that live in our house. Uh, we'll get back to that in, in, uh, in a few moments. It says, He carries them close to His heart. He gently leads those that have young. Jeremiah picks up on this and, and he talks a little bit about the Exodus. He says, He who scattered Israel in the Exodus will gather them and watch over His flock like a shepherd. And then, of course, we all know uh, the shepherd psalm, the 23rd psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. One little fellow was memorizing his scripture for his Sunday school lesson, and uh, he hadn't worked on it quite as hard as he ought to have, but he got the idea because he stood up when his turn came, and he said, The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I really want. (laughs) He, He fumbled the words, but he scored a touchdown on the theology. He knew that there was something inside him that Jesus Christ could satisfy. And he could say, that's all I really want. That's all I really need. And he hit a home run. You see, the concept of a shepherd was that the Jewish shepherd did for his sheep what Jesus can do for us. It was a natural example for Jesus to use. Just as the shepherd takes care of every need of every sheep, so our Father in heaven does the same through me, Jesus would say. Because you see, Jesus really cared for the sheep. In the passage that was read a moment ago, it talked about the hireling and the thief. The hireling was a person who took the job of a shepherd but he didn't have the heart of a shepherd. When trouble came, the wolves came after the sheep or whatever, you know what the hireling would do? He would run. He was in it for the money. He didn't care about the sheep. All he cared about was getting a paycheck. Have you met people like that? You ever been in a restaurant when you got the idea that maybe the waitress a waiter wasn't really concerned about whether you were making a good order, had good food, timely manner, etc. They're just there to make a dollar. You could think of dozens of other examples that you've run into in your life. But Jesus says the shepherd, the good shepherd, 
He distinguishes between just any old shepherd. It's the good shepherd. And actually, the translation for that is noble, noble, and authentic shepherd for the sheep. And because of that, the shepherd knows the sheep. He knows them so well that he calls them by name. You imagine Jesus told the story about the lost sheep in that 15th chapter of Luke where he also talks about the woman who lost a coin, was frantic till she found it, and most of all about the prodigal son, same chapter. Jesus said, here's a shepherd, had how many sheep? This is your cue to respond. A hundred, thank you very much. And because he cared for every single one of them, when they would come back into the fold, into the enclosure, whatever it may be, primitive in some cases, some very fine corrals, but he would check every one of them. He would, he would call them by name. He would count them. And on this particular day, as the sheep, sheep were coming through and he was checking them out, he discovered that either he had miscounted or there was a sheep missing. Didn't take too long to determine that it was missing. And so he set out and he looked and he looked and he went back to places they had been all during the day until finally he found that one single sheep because even one is important. Sometimes we kid each other about how preachers are prone to pin too much on counting the attendance. You know, I heard about this one preacher. He went to gathering where the preachers had coffee together and shot the bull and stuff on Monday morning. And uh, some of them were kind of bragging about their various services. One talked about how many they had on Sunday night and stuff like that. And finally one of them said, well, you know, uh, we, I guess we probably have between two and 300 on Sunday night. And all the rest of it, hush your mouth. You know you don't have that many on, on Sunday night. He said, well, yes, we do too. There's always two of us, me and my wife, and we never have had over 300. Do the math, you'll catch on. <laughs> but the shepherd cares for the sheep, so much so that he, he named each one of them. There's uh, one little guy that had uh, black feet. He called him Blackfoot. Another one got a funny-shaped ear, and he had a particular nickname for, for that one. And, and uh, there was one that was not as white as the others, more brown than white, and he would be brownie. And so it would go, the sort of the characteristics of the sheep became their name, and he knows them enough. He cares that much. The shepherd, you see, provides everything the sheep need. So Jesus is saying, as God is our Father, as I'm your shepherd, God provides through me everything you need. Not just talking about water and bread and some of those basic essentials of physical living, but there is something else. There's more. Jesus says in the 10th verse of that 10th chapter, he says, the thief comes through to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. God is able to provide for the sheep 
more than just the everything. A fellow named Sanderson had gone into Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he was visiting with a young businessman. And they were teaming up as to go out for this revival they were having. And as they made their way through the city, the visitor, who had not been to Tulsa before, remarked about uh, a particular uh, structure, office building, magnificent, right on up into the sky. He said, wow, that, that is some tremendous building. And this young businessman said, yeah, that belongs to my father. He said, wow. And they drove on a little while longer, and there was another building that caught the attention of the visitor, and he said, that's a that's, that's an edifice there. That is wonderful. <clears throat> yeah, that, that belongs to my father too. And finally he was tempted to do it a third time, but he stopped. He said, are you, are you pulling my leg? He said, no. He said, God is my father and God owns all of this. What if we could develop that concept of what belongs to God and is available to us we're selling ourselves short. The shepherd provided what the sheep needed. They needed, for example, in terms of, of water, he would lead them by still waters. Sheep, you know, have very skinny legs. These, these skinny jeans now would be just right for the sheep. Skinny little legs, frail little frail, e so easily fractured and broken. And so when the shepherd's going to bring them to water, he can't take them where the, the rapids are rushing along. They would, they would knock the, the uh, sheep down or they would get their little, little leg caught between two rocks and the water beating on them. The only way they could get loose was for it to break. Shepherd knows that. So he doesn't lead them into rapids he leads them into still waters. He feeds them green pasture. You know the psalm. You know how it goes. They're very insecure animals. Not all that smart. But they're frightened easily. And the shepherd knows how to combat that. The psalm says, He will lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. Late in the evening as they would start their back home from a day of grazing where the pastures were good. The sun, as it lowered into the ground and the horizon, shadows of the mountains would cast across the paths and the little sheep would begin to get nervous. But the shepherd was there to provide for him. He says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Shepherd had several resources. He would carry a sling, sort of like David's sling. You know. But he had a couple of tools. One was the shepherd's staff. This is not a shepherd's staff. This is a stick, a piece of wood. <laughs> and I carved an old man's face inside of it for Linda with a long beard, don't know who he was, but he cooperated. <laughs> and the shepherd's stick would be similar to this, but with a hook. You, you know the image. 
You see the hook on the end. The value of that was that if one of the little sheep would wander astray and would, would fall down into a crevice and the bank would be stiff and the shepherd would reach as far as he could without tumbling in himself, but he could reach down with his, with his crook, with his shepherd's staff, slide it under his arms, just uh, his front legs, actually, front legs, and, and lift it up to safety. Sometimes he would use his staff when he was leading, and there would be one little guy that would start to go astray. He would just reach over there and get his attention. So that was, that was a shepherd's staff. But he also had not a little league baseball bat. <laughs> but uh, you see that little club across, across those? That was, that was what is referred to in the scripture as a rod. And the rod was more of an offensive weapon. Uh, he would find uh, some animal, a wolf or a bad dog or whatever, that threatened the life of the, the sheep. And he, if he was close enough, he could take care of them in a hurry with his little league's rod. <laughs> Sometimes he would throw it. For example, if I were to take this, I'll pick out this side right here. Y'all be ready. If I, if I would sling this and call it spinning into your area, you would get out of the way in a hurry. You'd, you'd duck, you'd hide under the, uh, go through all the, uh, you'd be asking, where's the door? Well, don't have one. Well, where would you like one? I'm, because you'd scatter. So he scatters, he scatters. With that rod, he can provide protection. He can also use it when the sheep are coming back into the fold in the evening, that little corral I referred to earlier. One by one, they would come in, and he checks them. And one of the things he does, he takes the end of the club, the rod, and he uses that. It helps him to part the wool of the sheep so he can check it out and see if he has any scratches or sort of if he's gotten tangled in some briars and, and so forth. He's been bleeding uh, and it needed attention, needed to put something medicinal, some oil on there for that sheep so that he doesn't uh, get sick from it. it would, that would be helpful to spread that. It sort of comes uh, down to us as a, as a thing we call pulling, pulling the wool over somebody's eyes uh, in that regard. So the shepherd cares for the sheep, longs to provide for them everything that they need. Now, finally and foremost about this Jesus as good shepherd is that four times in the passage of Scripture that was read, Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Rather than being like the hireling or the thief who only wants to steal, kill, and destroy, he would do anything to keep his sheep from being killed or stolen or harmed in any way. 
He, he, he would watch their back. He would lay down his life for them because he cares for them so much. He says, I will give my life for them. So Jesus here in this passage is predicting the cross. He's predicting the sacrifice, the crucifixion. We're two weeks away from Holy Week. We have the weekend of the, when we'll be without walls, outside the walls on Palm Sunday, and then Easter is there. And there's a twist now in the scripture as we think about that. Because that Jesus, who is the good shepherd, during Holy Week, get this now, he becomes the lamb. He becomes the sacrificial lamb that gives his life for us. When John the Baptist was baptizing, and on one occasion Jesus comes to be baptized by John, and, he, and John looks up, John the Baptist looks up, and he sees Jesus coming. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that theme picks up and is carried through the scripture. In the book of Revelation, for example, John and his vision of what he saw going on, that which was embodied in terms of the, the Trinity as the Son, is a lamb. 28 times in the book of Revelation, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. The Lamb who gives up his life for those whom he loves and cares for. He goes on back to Genesis, the 22nd chapter. You remember that very vivid story of how God tells Abraham to give up his son Isaac as a sacrifice, a burnt sacrifice. And they make their plans to go. And they go up the, into the mountains and Isaac, the son, notices that, you know, we forgot to bring any firewood. Well, there's plenty of limbs we can gather around and, and make some fire. Oh, okay. So they go further and further and further. Uh, you know what, Dad? <laughs> we didn't bring anything to offer. <laughs> what are we going to do? Not knowing that he was going to be the sacrifice. And so when the time comes, you will recall Abraham unsheathes his knife. He says to his son, Climb up on the, the wood, son. What, Dad? Just climb up on the, on the wood. And you recall as he was about to plunge the knife into his son's throat in obedience to God. An angel of the Lord appears and stops him. And says, God will provide the sacrifice. And there they look in the thicket. There's a ram that has been caught there. He's kicking and he's squealing and he can't get away. And Abraham takes him and offers him on the altar. So Jesus becomes the offering for us so that we do not have to suffer. Isaiah, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter 
And as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So we think today about two metaphors. One, Jesus, I'm the good shepherd. And then we think of that same shepherd. He becomes the lamb of God. He becomes the sacrifice. He is the one that can take the sins of the world and our sins and forgive us. Have our sins forgiven so that we are set free to be a child of God. Today, will you embrace both the good shepherd who cares for you, knows you by name. Jesus went so far as to say he knows how many hairs on your head. He knows you intimately, inside and out. He knows what you need. And some of us are looking in the wrong places. There's something missing. We're not sure what that is. There's a thirst and a hunger down in our souls. And we don't know how to find what we need. And Jesus can be your good shepherd to help you find it. As a shepherd cared for every essential need of the sheep, so Jesus cares for your essential needs as a child of God. And then, during these holy days, let us proclaim that we accept what Jesus the Lamb has done for the forgiveness of our sins and in fulfilling his prophecy when he says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Will you accept God's offer? He will meet your longing and you can stand up straight with little joy and say, the Lord is my shepherd. It's really all I need. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We thank you for loving us, even to the extent of knowing our name and how many hairs we have on our heads and how many pairs of shoes we have in our closet, how much we have in the bank. You know everything there is about us. And you know, Lord, that many of our deepest needs have gone unmet because somehow or another we fail to recognize what the Good Shepherd is trying to give to us to make life abundant. And the greatest thing he gave, O Lord, we know, was himself as a sacrifice upon the cross that our sins will be forgiven and we will live eternally. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.